Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am your host, Tamala Shaw. And today I have someone that is so very special to me. She is my friend, my sister, my confidant. (laughs) She supports me in ways I can't even explain. And I'm so very honored to have her on the show. Today I have Shannon Yeatman on the show. Welcome, Shannon. Hi, Tamala. Thank you. And I feel the same way about you. You have been a blessing to me, my life, my family. And I can't thank you enough for uh, everything you do for me and the world of So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have known each other, gosh, like a decade and a half. I mean, it's been yeah, a long 15, time. About 15 years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably more than that, to be honest, Shannon. Mm-hmm. I've been... I've been at BCD for 18 years this mm-hmm. year. So yeah, it's been, yeah. Wow. But yeah, all, but together, together, probably about 15. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. We've, we've seen a lot and seen the kids grow together and all of that good stuff. So um, thank you again for being willing to come on the show um, and tell your story and talk about some of the things that's been coming up a lot for some of my clients. Uh My clients feel as though they can force their loved ones into rehab or guilt them into rehab or um, anger. You know, if if I can make them mad enough, then they'll do the need so that I won't be upset. And I try to get them to understand that until the person is willing to go, it doesn't work that way. And it may be about you because you know, I know you'll tell your story, but you handled that particular thing so well. You handled your boundaries and just everything so well. I was like, I gotta get Shannon on the show. <laughs> so can you tell the audience about some of the your your experiences when it comes to having a loved one when they're in addiction? Sure, sure. Um, my husband and I married about eight years ago. And he had always had a tendency to push the envelope anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but it, you know, it was manageable and he worked and things like that. But where it became a problem was when COVID hit and he just kind of went off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, he was drink. he started drinking every day. And there's two aspects to addiction. One is a mental addiction and the other is a physical addiction. And when you drink every single day, you just it's it's not something you can quit on your own and you have to i mean you have to have help you have to be medically detoxed there's just no if you try to do it cold turkey on your own it can kill you yes you will relapse because it's just it's it's almost impossible and i wish we had a system within our society to where we could medically detox people there are a lot of people that don't have access to you know 
rehab centers that can medically detox them and watch them and coach them for long periods of time, you know, and um, he started drinking very, very heavily. And I'll be honest with you, he was drinking 32 ounces of Jack a day. And I mean, it was just blowing my mind. And at first I did, I did try the guilt thing. I did try the force thing, you know, but I learned pretty quickly that it was not going to work. And I had to let go of the fact that he was going to do it for me. He was going to do it for the kids. I had to let go of that. He had to do it. The It's not a matter of quitting. It was a matter of him making the decision to go to rehab for himself. Right. And when that happened, yeah, I kind of helped snowball him along. You know, when he said he was ready to go, I helped him get there really, really quick. Yeah, yeah. But it did no matter what I said or what I did, mm-hmm. there was nothing that was going to cha- change his mind or move him towards that, uh, you know, yeah. through anything that I said or did. Because he has to be so. willing to, to do the work. I mean, you can yes. put him in the rehab all day long, but if right. his mindset is right. not, I want to heal, then he's just going to go in there and do the time and come back home and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. He, he had to want to not ready. Life. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's and, what uh, I don't understand. Um, they have to be ready. And sometimes it takes a little bit, you know, because they got to build that strength because the cravings don't just go away when you become sober. They have to right. be strong enough to be able yes. to move forward and keep stay sober, you know? Yes. You have to change your mental aspect of it. Like I said, it's a physical and mental addiction. And you can be detoxed, but still have that mental addiction. Mm-hmm. And go right back to it. That's why people who have been in jail or or even in rehab mm-hmm. and they come out and they go right back to it because I don't think people, the education is the piece for them to understand how alcohol and drugs affects their brain mm-hmm. and to know that they cannot take that first drink because a lot of people think, oh, I can have one drink and I just, I'll go back to being sober tomorrow. And that's not how it works because it just snaps your brain into another zone immediately and they can't control it. It's- you, get that, you get that drinking brain again, you know, in this mm-hmm. particular situation, you would get that drinking brain. And my dad talked about that. He talked about how um, I love how you're talking about the mental aspect of it, because he said he had comfort sitting in a bar. Mm-hmm. You know? in his sobriety because mentally this is where I'm supposed to be yes so he had to realize I've got to change my lifestyle completely in Mm -hmm. order to be sober I can't go to the bar or to like I remember I took mom you know both of them are recovering alcoholics but I Mm -hmm. took mom we went to Applebee's and when she walked in she had a trigger from the smell from the bar Oh, no, we yeah. were in the waiting area. You don't think about the wood, like bars and liquor yes. stores are made with the same type of material, the wood, mm-hmm. you know, then you have the smell of the liquor. So as soon as we walked in and I gave them a name, I could look at her eyes and I'm like, mom, what's wrong? She was like, it's the bar. I can smell it. Oh, wow. Smell the bar. It makes that we don't even pay attention to. Bar. Absolutely. I didn't smell a thing. But yeah. like, I, I feel like I'm in a bar, so I'm being triggered. We got to go, <laughs> you know, and sometimes she can handle it, but sometimes she can't, right? Right. 
he knows. So again, you have to be ready and willing to do the work and Mm -hmm. know what to do when you're triggered in order to move forward. So that's work that we can't do for them. So that's why we shouldn't want to bribe them or guilt them into until they're ready. That's their work, not ours. Our work is on ourselves. Absolutely. Yes. And that's what I realized when he, you know, just from listening to you and reading other resources and things, I realized that his sobriety is his. And I, that's what I told him when he came off of rehab. I said, I have three requests. The first one is your sobriety is your responsibility. I'm not going to find meetings for you. I'm not going to get you to meetings. I'm not. That is not my responsibility. That is your right to do it the way you want to do it. And it's your responsibility to do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want any part of being responsible for getting him. I have enough on my plate. Right. You know, I didn't want that on my plate either. And then the other things were some of the things were I wanted him to do his own laundry. You know, because codependency is not just about alcoholism. There is it is about much. our behaviors yes. and taking on responsibilities that people should be doing for themselves. So it's not just that I was being codependent in his alcoholism. I was being codependent with him even in life. Yes, absolutely. So I made, I told him, I said, you, the kids do their own laundry. You are too. I got him his own laundry basket and, you know, he does. And I, the other thing I told him was, you are going to start, I said, I cook dinner for everybody as a family, but breakfast and lunch is your responsibility. I am no longer going to be responsible for you being hungry during the day. That is your responsibility. You're a grown man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are things that, you know, I, I catch myself and I do, I actually have done a better job with my kids than I do with my spouse, mm-hmm. you know? So now I'm trying to raise my spouse to be just as independent as my kids, you know, Um, but that's part of my boundaries. Those are the things that I've got to work on because it's not just about being codependent with him and alcoholism. It's my behavior in all kinds of relationships. I remember um, when I was married and not just really, not just with him, but with other people could be the kids even. Mm -hmm. They're about to fill out a job application. I'll do it for you. Don't worry about it. I'll mm-hmm. go find and fill it out for you. No, it's their job. Yes. Him yes. Fill it out, you know, and it, they didn't even have to ask. It was just, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know when you're going to do that. I'll help you with it. You know, <laughs> they didn't even have like, to ask. <laughs> yes. And I know, um, because luckily I'm, I'm so grateful. I was able to, you know, we would talk during the time where, um, when Clark was still, you know, drinking and things like that, mm-hmm. talk about certain things. And, you know, you were big on boundaries. It was certain mm-hmm. that you would do certain things you wouldn't do. And, you know, if you're drinking, then it's going to be this. If you yes. continue to drink this, right. right. I, that was so beautiful because it wasn't a threat. It was, you right. never threatened. It was, these are my boundaries, which right. is your rights to have. Yes. There's a very big difference in having boundaries and giving threats. Because most mm-hmm. times, if you're codependent and you give a threat, your threat doesn't mean anything anyway, because you're not right. going to. Hey, good people. Have you discovered that you have codependent characteristics and you're not really sure what to do with that? 
Well, I suggest that you go out and grab my workbook. It's called The Codependent Me Workbook. You matter and your story matters. And it really walks you through healing from codependency. Talk about your goals, boundaries, detachments, bunch of journal entries, all the things that you need to get started. You can pick it up today at Amazon. Thanks so much. Bye. Right. And the thing is, you know, when I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was very, when he decided to go to rehab, I was already looking for a place to live. I had reached the point that it was so hard living with an alcoholic that I was okay with being by myself. Mm -hmm. I was, I was ready to do it. And I wasn't threatening him with it. I was just, you know, I had told him that I was looking for a place to live, but I had reached the point almost that I was going to do it regardless of whether he got sober or not. I mean, I'd, I'd gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we, he's been home from rehab, things have been great, but I've had to re-engage myself with that relationship, you know, because I had pulled back. Right. And I had pulled myself out of it. So he's a good person and he's good hearted and I want to be with him. But I've had to kind of pull myself back into the relationship again. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, that he may relapse next week. He may relapse in a year. I know it could be 10 years down the road. My father stayed sober for 10 years. And then when his brother passed, he went right back on yeah. to drinking, you know. So I know that it can happen at any time, but the change was within me and the fact that I am not going to let that destroy who I am and what I want out of life, which is peace, Mm -hmm. you know? So if, if we're good and we're together and there's no drinking, we're good. If he's not, that's okay too. I will be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so will my kids, because I'm going to make the the changes that are necessary for me to be able to have peace in my own life. And that's where it's not that I don't love him, awesome. because I'll just have to love him from another place. You know, I'll just have to change the way I love him. And, and you know? that's the thing, you know, you can't change people, right? Right. So what is it that they say? You have to meet people where they are. Right. So as long as, and, and again, this is not a threat. It's about your boundaries and your peace. It's not a threat. And I, and I do believe that if he were to slip, you wouldn't say that day, this is it, you know? No, no. I, I don't think that that's the case. I don't want the audience to think that. Right. But if he were to choose to that stay, lifestyle again, exactly. Yes. If he yes, were to choose that, yes. you would need to choose something different. So it's right. not you're not with him and and willing to support him in the recovery right? right so you you may you may have a slip and then get back into recovery right mm-hmm. but if he chooses to stay in the alcoholism then that's right. when you can make right. your decisions and there's and completely nothing wrong with that right but it drives a peace in me that like right now, I don't even worry. He goes to concerts, he goes to see friends, and I don't worry about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, one I'm one, I'm not searching for liquor bottles. I never have. 
he can, there's so much stuff in this house, he could have a liquor bottle anywhere. So there was no use in looking for them and trying to throw them away. You would never find them all. Yeah. Um, but now that he's sober, I don't really worry about him drinking. And that's more to do with me and my peace with the situation rather than, because like I said, I know he can relapse at any time, but I know that I will be okay even if he does. Yeah, Either he will relapse and he'll get back on the, get back in the program or, you know, if he does, if he continues down that road, then I have options, you know? Yeah. And so I don't, I don't stress over if he's drinking or not. One, I would know if he's drinking. I know how he acts. I know how he talks when he's drinking. You know how it is. You can look at their eyes and tell that they have been drinking. There yeah. are indications. So why worry about hunting for bottles? It's not worth it. I know, you know, I trust myself enough to know when it's not right. And I'm just going to, you know, live life. And every day I do tell him, I try to make sure that he knows how much I love him and I, that I appreciate who he is as a person and that I love our new life and that, you know, things are great and that he would have to beat me off with a stick, you yes. know? <laughs> um, but that stick is alcohol. Right. right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, again, the way that you went through it, you like, I could tell it was hard, right? Mm. You, because Clark is the love of your life. I completely yes. know that, right? I know yeah. that. So when you, and, and you had this beautiful relationship, beautiful mm -hmm. marriage, and then something came and knocked on the door. Yes. And tried to disrupt it. Right. Yes. So and there was nothing that you could do about it at that moment. And there's so many people that wound up in that situation during COVID, you know, because yeah. Clark's Clark would be, you know, he's bored. Mm -hmm. So he would go drink, you yeah. know, and when you're bored every day, you drink every day and then it becomes a habit and then you're physically addicted and, you know, and, it, and the mental addiction piece of it, you know. So it's, it was, it was really, really hard and I'm glad he turned it around. I'm thankful every day yes. that we have this new life and that, you know, things are wonderful and that I don't stress over anything. I I go on business trips. I can leave him with the kids. I know that everybody's fine, you know, and I don't stress over it now. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, I've, I've made it very clear that it is his right and his responsibility to do his recovery his way. I completely so, I love that. And my recovery is my recovery and I have to do it my way, you and know. That is what I want to honor you in because that's what I want also the audience to know is while, you know, while Clark was in, what was it, the 30-day program, mm -hmm. he was doing his work, Shannon was at home doing her work. Yes. No. I was reading, I was doing Al-Anon meetings, I was, and just taking care of myself. Like I did I, that 30 days, I canceled a lot of stuff and just concentrated on me, you know, and having that, that time to kind of focus on who I was and how I wanted to be in this world and in this relationship. So I didn't, I didn't fill my calendar up while he was gone. I, I really just tried to, to be still and get to know me again, because you kind of lose yourself when you're when you're dealing with it day in and day out, you know? So 
And I think it's good because you prepared yourself for how you needed to be when he came home. Mm-hmm. If you don't prepare yourself, you can find yourself slip right back into that codependency. Like, you, yes. said, you know, when he came home, you said, okay, so these are the things that I need from you. I need right. you to do your laundry. I need you to cook, you know, blah, blah, blah. Rather than falling right back into that, mm-hmm. going to do, 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 do. You're like, no, I have to, I have to do what's best for me right now. And what's best, right. for me, what's best for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Really so Yeah, because when you feel like you're being taken advantage of, you hold a grudge against somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's so much better to just set that boundary and have those expectations of where that line is to protect yourself mm-hmm. and and to be comfortable with who you are in that relationship. Because when you start feeling taken advantage of or abused in some way, then you start to resent. And that's a a huge thing to have to carry in a relationship. And when you have it, it's almost a willing destruction of the relationship, you know? So you have to be careful about doing things that you don't want to do because you're damaging, you're damaging the relationship by doing that. Especially because, you know, one thing about codependence, we may feel a certain way, but we don't communicate. So you start to feel resentment. You don't really tell that person what they're doing wrong or that you're irritated, Mm -hmm. what they can do to fix it. And so next thing you know, you're just ready to go. Right. So it's, I think it's so beautiful that you did the work. That is so, that now that's what I want people. I'm still doing the work. Codependency doesn't go away. Exactly. You, know, you don't get healed from it just like they don't get healed from it, you know? You're always recovering. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even, and that's why, you know, a lot of people, you know, they'll say, oh, you do such a great job, you know, with the, with the podcast and the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you guys don't understand. This helps me. It really does. Uh-huh. I am still recovering. I will always yes. be recovering when it comes to codependency because I have my slips as well. Where mm-hmm. I have to remember, oh, that doesn't feel good. That didn't feel good in my body. So I gotta, you know, rethink what I just did and and fix it, right? Communicate and and say, okay, I did this, but I should not have. <laughs> and, yeah. and this is what we're gonna do. Even if it doesn't feel good to you, but even just recognizing when you're not doing somebody a favor by doing them a favor, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So good. Yes. Yes, that's really, really good. Um, okay, so uh, you have done a great job. Clark Thank is doing a fantastic job. The kid, Clark's awesome. You know? He's a, oh. I, w- I would pray that everybody can come to a point like this. And we're only, you know, we're half a year in. He's been sober six months. But I, I would I would wish this for everybody because it really... Clark and I get along great. We do not fight. We do not argue. Our only issue mm-hmm. was the alcohol, and that was it. Yeah. So there were so many reasons to stay, you know. So I'm I'm made a conscious decision to to reengage myself in the relationship and repair my heart to him in the process because I know he's good for me, That's you know, cool. and I know nobody has my back like he does. And I, I want him to have the same, you know? Absolutely. So if you, if there was someone that's listening, that's in the position that you were in seven months ago, 
what would you say to them? Ooh, um, all you can do is strongly encourage them to look for information mm-hmm. and help them move in that direction. But they need to they need to be the ones to choose their own rehab. If they're not looking for it, they're not interested in it. So it helps if they are seeking their own rehab process, you know, whether, whether they're going to go to rehab, outpatient meetings or what, right. you finding it and just handing it to them isn't going to help. But you can, you can remind them every day that, you know, this is not working for you. I, I would strongly encourage you, instead of fighting with them, just say, you know, this is not working with you. Instead of saying you can't, you've got to stop drinking, just say, I encourage you to find help with this. You know, and I will support you. Say, I don't have a problem. And if they say that, there's really there nothing, nothing to do about do. it. There is yeah. nothing you can do. If they don't see um, it, it's nothing you can do about it. And and sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to. Don't be afraid, because I always said that if I left Clark, that I would stay long enough, stay gone until he'd been sober a certain amount of time. But I never looked at it as I would never be back. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I always thought of it as I'm going to go and I'm going to stay. I'll stay gone. And if he ever gets sober again, I'm open to, to reconciling our relationship, you know. Um, so don't be afraid to make those Founder. decisions for mm-hmm. you, even if they're going to be temporary. Right. You know, yeah. because it doesn't mean that it's the end of the road. It just means that maybe you need a break for a while while each of you figure out where you're going and how you're going to get there, you know? So don't be afraid. I always thought that was really good because, again, I felt like that was a boundary of yours. Like, Mm -hmm. I give you, but if you're going to stay in this, I'll leave, you know? But if you become sober... I need to know that you can be sober for this amount of time Mm -hmm. and I will be back. But you have to be able to do this in order for me to come back. That was your boundary and you were ready to exit if you needed to, right? Yes. It's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah. I really hope that you've gotten some really, really good tips. Um, Again, Shannon is fantastic. And uh, if you have any questions for Shannon, email me because <laughs> I'll get them to her. <laughs> I'm just a call away. Absolutely. Shannon, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you, Pamela. I appreciate it. And Absolutely. I wish everybody the best. And I'm praying for all everyone because everyone deserves peace. And, you know, even if you have to find it on your own, you deserve it. So absolutely. Absolutely. That's my prayer for everyone. And, and you know, with the work that we're doing and with you paying it forward as you're doing, it's going to get more and more people to that place. So that's why I honor you for sharing your story, because some people have this awesome story and they just kind of just let it be right. They mm-hmm. don't tell it for those, for those that are behind them trying to get to where they are. So. Again, I thank you. Everybody has a little piece of information that helps the next person along. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why it's good to share. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So audience, I want to thank you because 
As I always say, you can choose any podcast, but you chose this one. Gracias. And um, I want you to remember that you matter and your story matters. And until next time, bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me. And check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.